everyone. Welcome to Where Credits Do. This is your host, Julia Tutina, senior reporter at Tearsheet. This episode focuses on lending as a service. You've probably heard of everything as a service by now, and lending is no exception. However, lending is one of the trickiest lines of business in our industry, and it comes with many different complexities and challenges, as well as opportunities, and that's why I'm talking to some really awesome and experienced folks in this area. We have Adam Hughes, who's the CEO of Amount, and Roa Mittal, the chief executive of Stilt. Amount is a lending-as-a-service platform. It's helping banks build simple digital lending experiences. The fintech is a spin-off of Avant, which some of you may remember, an early online consumer lending business, which launched Amount as its B2B service around seven years ago. Now its clients include HSBC, PNC, Barclays and TD Bank, among other financial institutions, collectively managing just over $3 trillion in U.S. assets and servicing more than 50 million U.S. customers. Meanwhile, Stilt initially focused on lending to underserved communities, but has expanded to offer credit building services to other companies as well. Stilt recently raised $114 million, fueling its plans of expansion into B2B lending products, launching its lending-as-a-service platform called Ombo, where fintechs can build credit products without a bank sponsor while making sure they stay compliant. And compliance is a huge part of this business, and you hear both executives talking about this, as well as their partnerships with banks and other fintechs, and the challenges that come with the business model. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today, I'd like to explore the topic of lending as a service. This is a relatively new market, essentially a software product that is looking to be very appealing to many fintechs, banks, and other companies who want to provide credit services to their customers. Um, I'd like to start with you, Rohit. Uh, Stilt is known for offering consumer credit, focusing on immigrant communities, but you're now entering the lending as a service space with the launch of Onbo. So what were some of the factors that drove that expansion? Yeah, totally. Uh, first, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. And hi, everyone. I'm Rohit. I'm the co-founder and CEO of uh, Stilt. Uh, we started as a B2C lending company and then evolved to provide B2B uh, full stack embedded lending credit as a service products uh, to fintech and non-fintech companies. Um, as you as you correctly mentioned, uh, uh, we as we started as a lending company, we built a lot of infrastructure in house uh, that were, that we were using to lend only to our customers. And during this time, I was talking to a lot of YC founders, non YC founders, and helping them all launch credit products on their own based on our experience uh, of building Stilt. And at some point we realized we can actually serve all of these founders through the infrastructure that we have built. And it was at Money 2020, that's the, when we finally decided we are gonna do this. So it's not uh, uh, too long ago that we, that we actually started building uh, the B2B part of the business. Um, and other founders gave us confidence because they were all looking to launch credit products really quickly. And we had the infrastructure that had been battle tested with billions of dollars in loan applications, hundreds of millions of dollars of disbursements, so on and so forth. Um, and yeah, we just decided to productize it and we signed, our signed up our first clients even before we started working on the product. And since then, um, 
we uh, we built APIs on top of our infrastructure, and we've been uh, sort of taking clients um, taking clients live and helping them launch credit products in weeks instead of nine to twelve months or even years that it would take them to launch on their own. And um, uh, through our APIs, we have abstracted away licenses, compliance management system, payment system, uh, credit reporting. Uh, underwriting, debt capital, all of those things are now abstracted away. Um, companies can bring their own debt capital or can use ours. So we have also made it very modular uh, for companies to use. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, a little bit of a different story at Amount. So uh, moving on to you, Adam. Amount was originally in the lending as a service space, uh, offering account opening, loan origination, and buy now, pay later solutions in consumer lines. And earlier this year, you announced the acquisition of Linear, a small business loan and account origination platform. So what were some of the factors that drove that acquisition and how did Linear complement Amount? Yeah, great question. Uh, yeah, first, thanks for having me as well. Uh, so for everyone listening, Adam Hughes, CEO of Amount. Um, we actually started um, as a B2C lending platform as well uh, under the, the name Avant. Um, you know, over the seven years of being the president of Avant and, and growing that business to a million plus customers, $9 billion extended on that platform. In 2016, we picked up our head and recognized the technology we had built around digital lending, digital originations, account management, fraud prevention, which is like years ahead of every bank that we were interacting with. And saw an opportunity to uh, spin out our technology um, and start a separate business where we would be white labeling that technology to really digitize the branch experience for banks, as well as help them in buying up pay later in embedded finance. Uh, we did that in 2020 um, and we've had a lot of success. We've raised uh, significant private capital and we have 20 plus bank partnerships today. Uh, where we do one of those two things. One, we either help them with a traditional branch-based consumer or now small business lending product, um, or we help them get involved or streamline the buy now later embedded finance experiences for their merchant partners. Now, your question was around small business. We started on the consumer and embedded finance side. After our last capital raise, we had always said the use of proceeds was going to be around uh, M&A. And talking to our bank partners and talking to our channel partners like FIS, uh, where we have a relationship today where FIS resells our technology to their thousands of banks, uh, we kept coming back to small business um, as, the, as a huge value add for our clients. Uh, and from our perspective, the clear leader in the SaaS small business lending space was Linear FT. And so we were thrilled to, um, to acquire uh, the company uh, two months ago. We closed on it. Uh, bringing Sam Graziano, the CEO, and, and his fantastic team to amount has been awesome. And everything that we saw in diligence has, has been validated. Um, fantastic management team, um, fantastic technology, 12 plus bank partnerships they brought to our platform, including great partnerships with Huntington, Citizens, Fifth Third, to name a few. Um, uh, shared client with PNC. And um, you know, where we sit today is exciting because we now have consumer bonapulator technology and now small business. And so from our perspective, really drop us into any bank and we can probably solve that use case. It's still going to come down to whether the bank wants to partner more, more to do so than, than years past, certainly. Um, but we're really excited because just the breadth of our platform can just solve just more use cases and provide more value to our existing clients as well as new prospects. Wow, that's great. That sounds like a really solid tech stack there. So 
Um, and we've talked before about how banks were struggling, you know, in like um, this kind of path towards the digital and how um, lending as a service was delivering a better value proposition for financial institutions in general. So um, could you explore a little bit on what were the challenges that banks were facing and um, the demand that was coming for your types of um, offerings? Yeah, um, a, a couple couple reasons why uh, more and more banks are much more open to partnerships than in years past. Number one, um, there's more competition for them today. There's certainly been a rise of not only fintechs, but also challenger banks that are very focused on providing better experiences and better banking products to banks' customers. And so banks are, are starting to lose customers to those fintechs and to those challenger banks. Uh, number two, um, consumers' digital expectations have significantly increased. I know mine has um, over the last couple of years uh, when we can do everything from our mobile phone, ordering an Uber, ordering food. Um, you know, customers want that same experience uh, when they're, you know, doing, you know, basic banking um, uh, experiences, as well as when they're buying things online. And when they don't get those experiences, they're going to choose other alternatives. Um, banks have recognized that and are quickly trying to catch up to make sure that they are keeping their best customers, their best small businesses, and their best merchant and best merchant partners. The reality is uh, that many banks have technology that's been cobbled together through years of acquisitions, and it's just really hard to do. And by partnering with a out-of-the-box platform like Amount, they're going to be able to provide their customers, their merchant partners, these best-in-class products and experiences in a matter of months, um, you know, similar to the comment that Rohit made. Um, and that's extremely valuable for them that they not only can provide this product quickly, but also have a platform that's gonna be allow them to innovate and test as well to make sure that they're staying ahead of those consumer preferences on a go forward basis. Right, definitely, yeah. What about you, Rohit? Where are you seeing the demand for lending as a service coming from? Who's on the other end? Yeah, in our case, uh, companies, by the way, I should mention, uh, it's not explicitly or directly, but indirectly, Avant a, a, a has been uh, somewhat uh, influential in, in our decisions also. I've known, known Johnson for a long time. He was a YC founder oh, wow. when he was at uh, Avant. So I used to always have conversations with him. And I and when you guys made the decision for Amount, I also discussed that at length uh, with him. So I don't know, maybe that also you know encouraged no, us a year later too. What a small world. Yeah, Johnson for the listeners is a, a co-founder of Avant. So that's, that's, that's awesome. What a small world. No, no surprise, the ecosystem is pretty small. Yeah, um, and and he, and he's been great um, uh, uh, in in helping with all of this. Um, so coming back to where we are seeing uh, the demand, uh, we see demand more from uh, fintech and non fintech companies wanting to launch credit products. Now, all of these companies actually have had to work with a bank sponsor to really lend money. Um, so. Uh, everyone goes to uh, all the usual suspects. They try to set up a partnership and it takes about 12 months to go live with a lending program, with a captive lending program for these uh, credit companies that are trying to launch either a personal loan product, trying to launch a line of credit, so on and so forth, both on the consumer or the commercial side. Uh, so what we do is we reduce that 12 month time window to eight to 12 weeks, even even shorter uh, for most companies. So the fastest we can take someone live is, is two to four weeks. And our technology just abstracts away all the complexities for them. Now, any company, and, and we have a few lives. So if you want to launch a credit builder product, 
you can actually come to come to us with our licenses because we are our own license holder with our loan management system, with our payment systems and so forth. You don't have to go to different vendors. As of now, companies go to bank for uh, charter or uh, sponsorship. Then they have to cobble together all the other pieces like the loan management system, a servicing system, credit reporting system, so on and so forth. And we take all of that uh, complexity away. And we do all of those things through one-stop API uh, for the companies. And anyone can become an, uh, any, any company can become a fintech company within four to eight weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, I'm really happy I have both of you uh, here to uh, talk about this because you've both been mentioning partnerships and that was going to be like my next question. And you both seem to be working with, you know, different kind of areas of the finance industry. So um, what is the client relationship like for each of you? And what does it take to form a solid partnership that works? Adam, you want to go first? Sure. Happy, happy to weed out here. So um you know, what it comes down to is, is execution, right? So banks are going to partner with an amount or another technology provider uh, because they want to, again, provide that elite experience product quickly. Um, and if you are um, a startup looking to, you know, get into the space, expectations are really, really high. And not only do you, do you need to deliver the experience, but you need to deliver that in a compliant fashion that's going to make sure that you hit the mark for everything that the bank's procurement and compliance departments are gonna demand. Um, you know, we have a tremendous amount of experience there now having done many partnerships with top 10, top 50 banks. Um, it's not easy um, and you only get a few shots at it, right? So execution is extremely important. Now, what the, uh, the good thing is, is that if you can execute and really hit the bar for that bank partner, um, you can land and expand that relationship because that bank is going to logically look to you to do more uh, because you've been able to deliver that, that product, deliver on that promise to launch, uh, again, a best-in-class experience quickly. And so uh, we have numerous examples where we landed with one of our products that whether on the consumer lending side, small business lending side, financial later side, executed at a really high fashion. Uh, and then we were giving other opportunities within the bank uh, across other areas. And it makes sense, right? Because uh, if you can deliver at a certain standard, um, you know, you're going to win a lot of believers uh, and champions within that bank. So, um, you know, you need to certainly have the right experience and obviously the right tech, but if you can execute, um, you know, you're going to be able to really expand that relationship and, and get pretty sticky uh, with that partner. So for me, that's, that's always number one. Uh, number two would be, just having, um, you know, really being an innovate, innovation partner for the bank. Um, you know, we go back to that. We started as direct lenders, right? Direct lending platform at Avant. We have a tremendous amount of experience in lending, how to lend profitably um, and compliantly. Um, and so being able to take that experience as a disruptor in the space and pair that experience with great best-in-class recommendations to the retail lending leader at the bank, we also find that to be extremely valuable. Uh, things around the right way to structure a digital experience, the right way to set up your fraud prevention program, the right way to set up your account management technology. Banks really value that, that we're not only providing them this out-of-the-box technology, but you're also holding their hand that they can grow a, a large profitable portfolio. Yeah. Um, uh, similarly on our end, I think one of the main things that helps form a solid partnership is um, compliance infrastructure 
our agreement on the uh, the compliance as we are actually uh, onboarding a partner and then uh, taking their programs live. We always say internally and externally that uh, at Onbo, we always try to say yes. Uh, most bank partners or most bank sponsors for these companies have very strict requirements. We go one step beyond and we actually collaborate with our partners being a young fintech company ourselves. And we were launching credit products just a few months ago uh, ourselves. We are always trying to say yes to new and innovative programs, but that comes with a level of compliance uh, oversight uh, that we need because we are um, uh, sponsoring uh, the fintech client or it's going to be our licenses and our technology embedded in their platform. And as we see clients uh, open towards being compliant, that actually forms a solid foundation for more programs uh, in the future and scaling of existing programs pretty quickly. Uh, Altro, which is a company that helps underserved uh, build uh, credit through uh, debit cards and paying their subscriptions, uh, their team was phenomenal in uh, doing all the things that we asked them to do to, to be compliant. And because of which they were, a, they, they were the first customers to go fully live and now have like tens of thousands of customers um, going through the flow. It's because we were able to set a strong foundation. And that's what we see with our, with our clients. If we are able, we try to help them innovate through um, uh, collaborate with them and help them innovate on new programs. And if we set up a solid compliance foundation, like everything else takes care of itself. And uh, if that happens, clients can launch one program as in one product, then they can launch another product and third product and fourth product. All of those just, um, uh, they all build on the compliance foundation uh, that uh, that's set in the beginning of the program. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of compliance and, you know, kind of um, thinking of this growing demand for this type of, a, you know, for lending as a service um, and, you know, rising volumes of credit your businesses are, is, uh, are facilitating, how do you balance growth with compliance risk? Uh, I'll, I'll take a quick stab at it. Adam ha must have had to do a lot more compliance than us because he, he works with banks which are uh, heavier regulated. Um, in our case, um, compliance risk definitely increases as the company grows. What we always try to make sure is all the regulations that are explicitly um, harming, that are, that are meant to prevent harm to consumers are actually coded into the system so that even if the client wants or we want, any one individual cannot take an action that actually ends up harming the consumer. So we have actually built a lot of technology around um, keeping, um, uh, around managing compliance, both in terms of uh, oversight and in terms of not leaving room for individuals or like uh, employees to uh, make mistakes as the programs are scaling. And that becomes very important. The, the second part that we really focus on is making sure we are uh, underwriting consistently and compliantly as we scale. Every company uh, starts to cut a little bit corners as the scale in terms of underwriting and managing risk, but uh, we have made all of those things a, a core part of the infrastructure. So as companies on our platform scale, they can be confident and debt capital investors who are giving money for the loans are, can actually be confident that even as the company scale, everything will be compliant. So um, 
we make it a part of our, uh, just a part of our APIs and our infrastructure. Uh, so all the state level regulations from the interest rates, uh, loan amounts, fees, whatever it may be, all of those are actually um, done through APIs rather than uh, manual um, uh, judgment calls. Um, and, and that helps us be more compliant as we scale. Yeah, I think just um, you know maintaining, helping a partner maintain compliance is certainly a huge part of the job. Um, you know, our enterprise grade platform, um, you know, it's been built in a way that's fully uh, trackable, auditable, um, because the reality is we have lots of eyes on everything that we do, um, both in the bank's uh, internal processes as well as um, you know for. You know, periodic audits that their regulators are going to come in and want to see. So um, we built the platform in such a way that we have a tremendous amount of confidence in um, that, you know, everything from rates and terms, the way that uh, you display contracts to a customer or small business, um, reporting to credit bureaus, et cetera, that it's all, again, trackable and auditable. And so um, we've, we've gotten to a place where, you know, at any time our, our bank partners can take a look and, and again, walk away with a lot of confidence that we're really checking the box for them uh, around everything that they need to stay compliant as they grow a, a digital portfolio. Yeah, um, it's uh, definitely like a huge undertaking. And I'm wondering also, what are some other challenges, the biggest challenges of running a lending as a service platform? Well, there's a lot, right? I mean, um, you know, when we think about when we think about our business, um, we have now three different product lines, uh, and within those product lines, there's multiple products. So on the consumer lending side, uh, we help banks stand up end-to-end origination experience for things like personal loans, credit cards, small dollar loans. You know, really, you know, kind of those traditional branch-based products, and customers don't want to go into branch anymore. So it's it's very important for banks to continue to digitize that experience. Small business side, very similarly, uh, you know, after the recent acquisition, uh, we help banks stand up end-to-end origination experience for those small, business, small businesses around loans, line of credit, uh, checking accounts, credit cards, white-label PPP programs, SBA, uh, and then finally, embedded finance. Embedded finance, there's a few different flavors. A bank can go to their merchant partners where they have a credit card relationship and offer a traditional bond product. Or it could be uh, the recent partnership we just signed with MasterCard and announced last week, uh, where we'll be helping spin up bonapulator products for small and mid-sized banks to allow them to play in bonapulator when they may not have a large merchant network. So when you have um, multiple product lines, multiple use cases uh, for those product lines, um, you know, for us, it's really about this focus uh, because there's so much opportunity. Um, not only here in the U.S., but around the globe and helping banks digitize, helping roll out just better products, more affordable products and experiences to customers around the world. We're constantly getting opportunities coming in through our direct sales channels or channel partnerships. And so for us, we just really try to stay disciplined around, you know, call it our big three in terms of, you know, where we put our, 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 you know, our bets in terms of where we put our time, our resources, our dollars to make sure that we are building these elite products that our clients are extremely happy uh, and that we're not taking on too much that we're losing that focus. So, so for us, it's all about just making sure that what we do well around those three broad categories, consumer, embedded finance, and small business, 
that we do it exceptionally well. And so for, for that, that reason, we're really today laser focused on the U.S., um, traditionally been focused on larger banks. Uh, but now we feel like we are in a place where we can start going down market. And so that's part of the reason why we've really struck up channel partnerships with FIS recently, with MasterCard. We just announced a partnership with PSCU, uh, the largest credit union service provider in the country, uh, because we can um, you know, really take that one-to-many strategy where those partners are going to resell our technology, give us access to additional partners, and a way for us to scale down market more efficiently. Yeah, uh, right off the bat, uh, I think we haven't, if we haven't mentioned it enough, I just want to explicitly say doing lending is hard. It's complex. It's uh, super regulated. I think it's one of the most compliant, uh, most heavily regulated fintech products to launch across, you can say debit cards and, and investment products and, and other things. Lending is the most complex and it's by itself super complex to launch one product and imagine doing it across like many different products. So each product actually um, triggers a different set of regulations. Um, in, and I'll just use an example. Like, uh, let's say you are doing an unsecured personal loan. And if you charge less than 36%, then you are probably okay. If you charge 36.1%, you may not be okay. And there is no way for people to know what that line is. And the same applies to loan terms. In some states, you can't actually do shorter term loans or small dollar loans because they end up being categorized as payday loans. And then you don't want to do payday loans, right? So it's just marred with uh, regulations that a company cannot expect to know. Any company launching a lending product cannot expect to know right off the bat. And that's where um, companies like uh, Amount and ours uh, come into play where we have developed so much experience and we have, I'm sure Adam has battle scars to show for, uh, you know, so much lending that, that he has done uh, over the past few years and, and we have done uh, on a state-by-state -state basis. So we uh, abstract away all that complexity. You are basically getting many years of brain damage and a constant uh, compliance oversight and regulatory um, oversight uh, through just one set of APIs. And that is, uh, building that is uh, extremely challenging, uh, but that's the, that is also the way uh, the industry is going to innovate. Uh, so as we take on that responsibility of dealing with all the complexities of the uh, the lending uh, lending world and lending technology, uh, our clients can choose to focus on their customers and innovate for them. And we become the enabler for them to innovate. And we try to always figure out how can we make new products available to these customers. So our technology is now um, uh, more battle tested than than others, um, other players like ourselves. And uh, we also ended up uh, building this new a uh, new layer that did not exist before. Earlier, you just had to go to banks or get your own licenses, and there was no in-between. But now there is a happy medium in-between where we have abstracted away uh, state license uh, complexity, so you don't have to really spend, I don't know what, million dollars to go partner with a bank and like spend 12 months doing that. And as we continue to uh, support more customers, we are continuously increasing the, the quality of the platform 
and uh, making it more solid, both for consumers and uh, for commercial loans. And that's just going to continue like as as we as we extend extend the platform, make it more robust. Uh, over the next few months and years, we will um, we'll be able to support uh, many different lines of uh, uh, products that our consumers are trying to launch that a bank possibly cannot launch uh, because they are um, uh, they are more regulated than uh, than state um, licensed lenders, and and that's just uh, going to be a force of innovation for uh, all all fintech and non fintech companies. Yeah, and it's really great to see this innovation happening in the fintech space. Uh, lending, I'm sure it's hard. I mean, writing about lending is hard, so I can't even imagine how <laughs> uh, doing what you're doing is. Um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, touching on the innovation aspect and kind of uh, the platformization, if you will, of the traditional lending industry, do you see this as like a natural evolutionary step in this new digital mobile economy? How do you see this market playing out in the future? Um, I'll take a stab at it from a company point of view. Um, we have clearly seen a trend towards more I don't know, fintechization of uh, just, just throwing a new term out there uh, of companies. Uh, so as companies become fintech companies, they start with, I think they started with like uh, integrating payments, uh, then came debit cards. The next step is in, in my mind is just credit products. Uh, payments is, is a low margin, high volume business. Debit cards, like very low interchange, uh, again, has to be uh, high volume. Credit is the largest revenue driver of all of these products. and as companies now uh, try to increase revenues for the customers that they have acquired over the past decade, and they try to monetize them, uh, credit is the most obvious way to move forward for them. And they want to do it now, they want to do it compliantly, they don't want it to be the focus of the company. Um, and as I mentioned, because launching lending products is so tough, you generally need a 10 to 15 person team working on it for a year, uh, to get uh, any material lending product out in the market. Uh, and nobody wants to wait that long. Nobody wants to put that many resources uh, behind it. Uh, so they will. these companies will look for partners and we will see more companies like Onbo uh, come into the market offering, the, offering a shorter path, a simpler path, a more compliant path uh, to take companies live. And the same way we saw um, payments and debit cards become the norm across many different verticals. Uh, credit is going to be the next norm uh, across many different verticals in various shapes and forms. Buy now, pay later. Um, buy now, pay later for healthcare, for lawyers, for all sorts of different industries, uh, lines of credit for credit builder products, revolving line of credits for commercial companies, new types of credit cards, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll see a lot of innovation in the market and all companies trying to find products that actually serve the needs of their customers. And that's where um, companies like ours and uh, Amount is going to play an instrumental uh, role in the next phase of fintech innovation. Yeah, I um, certainly agree. Uh, we, you know, this trend that we're seeing, we don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. And for us, having a platform with multiple product lines that our banks seem to really value 
um, not only are you providing them that out of the box experience and product, but you're also now an amount, um, you're kind of that one-stop shop for that bank. So they don't need to partner with multiple vendors, multiple partners. They can provide, uh, again, just the, um, you know, certainly table stakes, um, but constantly evolving products and experiences in a digital fashion to their best customers, to their best small, small business customers, as well as to the merchant partners. And so, um, by partnering, you know, being more open to a partnership with a platform, obviously they don't need to build it themselves and they're going to be able to take advantage of, you know, all this innovation that, you know, we spend an amount to make sure that our banks are ultimately extremely competitive. Um, banks are also recognizing and waking up to the fact that, you know, they can compete and win in this space. Banks have massive advantages. They have cost of capital advantages. They have massive customer bases uh, that have been with them for, for decades in, in, in certain cases. So there's certainly a massive trust factor that customers and small businesses have with their banks. Um, they also have a treasure trove of data. And so they can be really innovative and just really understanding who that customer, who that small business is and provide them, you know, innovation, leveraging our technology um, around things like payment dates and uh, payment terms and you know, everything that if you're a pure play fintech, you're just going to struggle to really understand the entire customer and be able to offer them you know, kind of more innovative products as well as with merchants. So for us, pairing the bank with the right technology, they're bringing to the table this data advantage, their deep experience around compliance, uh, around risk assessment, and we think that's a marriage that can certainly win in the space. And I think banks are recognizing that as well. This was Rohit Mittal, CEO at Stilt, and Adam Hughes, CEO of Amount. To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co. And make sure you subscribe to Where Credits To wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be out with a new episode every two weeks, bringing you conversations with industry leaders on the ever-changing lending landscape. And if you're interested in more content, you can subscribe to our lending newsletter and briefing in your inbox every other week. Thanks for listening and see you at the next one.